Welcome to Dry Clean Only Conversations on Fashion and Style. I'm your host, Kristen Cole in New York. I'm a fashion consultant with 20 years experience in the industry as a high concept retailer, fashion director, founder, and buyer. I'm here for all the conversations around the many changes in fashion right now. And that's what I'm bringing to you on this pod. I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome. This is episode number 21, where I have the pleasure of speaking with rising design talent, Kenneth Nicholson, whose line of fashion-forward menswear and womenswear has attracted a strong following, including VMA Artist of the Year, Bad Bunny, a CFDA nomination, recognition, and a plum spot on the racks of Dover Street Market in New York, LA, and London. Today, we sit and chat about his collection, its beginnings, and its future, his intentional approach to expanding the narrative of menswear, creative expression, gender and fashion, and his really kind of analytic, abstract creative process, which I really enjoyed learning about. Before we jump into the interview a few things it's september september 1st summer is basically over which i am both devastated by and excited about Uh, we still have labor day weekend on the horizon but it'll be new york fashion week in just a minute running from september 9th to 14th it's relatively cool in new york today which is wonderful and exciting for fall fashion i'm looking forward to attending some shows without the all-day show schedule i used to have it's also about to be unofficial art week in new york simultaneously the art world and fashion world machine seems to be blissfully negligent to this collision every September and February, even though there's a fair amount of crossover in the audiences. Uh, I lament it only because my husband is an art dealer and co-owner of Broadway Gallery, so it'll be an extra busy week for us. Uh, Broadway Gallery is reopening its doors after a little summer expansion on September 9th with an opening New York solo debut of Brussels-based multidisciplinary artist Jamila Sabor, which I am super excited to see and wrap my head around. The Armory will be going on uh, same week in September as well. And The Independent will be debuting a new show, Independent 20th Century, The New Canon, which I hear is kind of like Freeze Masters. This will be held at Cipriani South Street. And I'm looking forward to going for the opening and be sure to check out Exhibitor Soft Network if you go. Many other gallery openings, of course, happening that week. Many fashion shows, dinners, cocktail parties, events. So yeah, it will be very busy in New York. This morning, I woke up to Yola Tango's Autumn Sweater, which is one of my favorite songs and just really sets that mood for fall. I'm very ready for sweater weather and better yet, turtleneck weather soon, but not yet. I recently purchased some fall makeup by clean beauty brand Kosas to prepare for the season. After a summer of no makeup, it was too hot and muggy and gross in the city for makeup. And I really only wear sunscreen to the beach. I'm feeling very ready for some polishing. And I will say the Kosas concealer lives up to all the hype. It's always being written about. And their weightless lipstick is incredible too. Kate Moss just announced the launch of her beauty and wellness brand. So be curious to see what happens there. Last week, I had dinner at Le Rock in Rockefeller Center. The developer of Rockefeller Center has done a really great job at attracting relevant businesses to the area. Um, over the past couple of years, I don't generally try to eat in Midtown, but it does happen sometimes, especially now that I'm in and out of Grand Central so much. Uh, but if you're looking to eat up there, the just open Le Rock is phenomenal. It's from the people behind Frenchette and it you know, just has gorgeous design. 
delicious food, decadent menu. I really loved it as much as I can love a restaurant in Midtown, which which is, you know, kind of a lot. I also want to try Lodi, which is the other big restaurant um, that has recently opened. Ryan Roche opened shop in Rockefeller Center last year. I have to check that out. Todd Snyder has a shop there. Another Tomorrow just announced that they're closing shop on Bleecker and relocating up to Fifth Avenue Rockefeller Center as well. So yeah, lots of action up there. I finally saw the Costume Institute show, or extremely fashionably late, in America, an anthology of fashion, the second portion at the Met. The exhibition closes in just a few days on September 5th. So be sure to catch it if you haven't already. It's really beautiful. And the Battle of Versailles moment was, you know, definitely my favorite part. Um, It was pretty cool to see all those American designers in one spot, amazing movement in the display. Stephen Burroughs, Oscar de la Renta, Halston, Bill Blass. Speaking of Halston, Ken Downing was just announced as the new creative director. In other news, LVMH is scheduled to announce uh, a designer to carry on where Virgil Abloh left off uh, sometime in the next week. So I'll be curious to see uh, who that appointment is. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what trends come out of New York Fashion Week, but we'll wait to record on those, even though I have some some ideas. Uh, I'm hoping to see comedian, entertainer, TikToker Shermont, aka Shermont22, uh, walking on the runway sometime this cycle. Um, that would just be really fun and amazing. Love, love him. Serena Williams gracing the cover of September Vogue, looking incredible in Balenciaga. Sadly, saying farewell to tennis sometime very soon after the US Open. Further consolidation in the tricky arena of online luxury with Why Not Farfetch merging. I keep hearing more and more fashion brands are getting on TikTok. How many of you are on TikTok? I'm so curious. Please DM me. I am curious to know, yeah, who's on it? I, I go scroll on my husband's account on occasion. It's very addictive and fun. Uh, Instagram has been, of course, the primary social hub for fashion for some time now, but we will see how all of this progresses. Um, okay, so now, yeah. Yeah, on to what we're here for, my conversation with Kenneth Nicholson, who's joining me over Zoom from sunny Los Angeles. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. Yeah, thanks for making time to talk to me today. Yeah, and thank you for, um, you know, just being so flexible. um, But, you know, I was generally like taking a break just like being off the grid I had spent some time in the desert uh, yeah in Joshua Tree and it just kind of um I, I felt like I needed a check-in with yeah. my inner self, you know yeah so. no that's great I totally understand that and yeah that whole desert area I actually I used to live in LA and I got married out in Palm Springs and we used to spend a lot of time out in the desert there and it's really magic yeah I love it I mean it's the whole I mean the way that I think and just the way that I consume life, it's always, it always kind of has like a, a visual or like an artistic span on it. And so, so I'm thinking like, okay, well, what vibe is this? And f- for me, I was getting, um, <laughs> I was getting, what's the name of that movie? Uh, the Lost Boys, like kind of how the desert. I just finished a book. Um, it's not out in the United States yet. It'll be out next month, but a friend of mine in Canada wrote it and it's called Utopia by Heidi Sopinka. 
And it's a novel about um, kind of the feminist art movement in the 70s, but a big chunk of it takes place in the desert. And there's some really, um, yeah, kind of mystical, ghosty, interesting things that happen out there along with these performances. So you should check that out next month. It's a, it's a really, really fabulous story. I would love to, yeah. So anyways, we are here to talk about your collection. I'm, so I'm a big fan. I've seen the collections that you've put down the runway. Were shows at Spring Studios? Which collections? Okay, okay, so the last one I did was definitely at Spring Studio. And then... That was um, Spring 22. And then Fall 2020. Yeah, um, from Grandma's Couch, right? Yes, yes. Yes, um, no, I don't, I don't think that was Spring Studios. I can't remember the name of it, but no, it was a totally different location. Are you announcing where you're showing yet this season? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. No. Well, I'm excited to see what you have going for, for spring. Um, and yeah, I can't believe we're like a week away from Fashion Week already. When will you come out to New York? I'm scheduled to fly out on the 8th. It's really easy for me to like be, you know, loquacious and personable. I feel like, and I don't know if this is like TMI, but I feel like just with my my own experiences and maybe just where I am, you know, having gone to the desert, I feel like, you know, it's still very much, it feels like new terrain yeah. still. As you know, um, there's like the, the curation and like the creating of the work and then like showing it. And I feel like that that has like a more natural evolution. So I feel comfortable with that. I feel like maybe the terrain that I'm speaking of is like, how do you navigate the way in which you engage your art and the way in which the fashion landscape industry consumes it? Exactly. How, how do you do that? And so like now I'm just trying to maintain a healthy balance. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's hard. It's I've always been on the, you know, more commerce side as a retailer. And I think the the industry, the machine, the commercialization is, you know, its own monster. And then, you know, the creativity is what drives it all. But it's a delicate balance and they go hand in hand. And unfortunately, you know, you kind of have to play um, both roles all the time. But although I do think it's a somewhat you know kinder and gentler industry now you know so oh, totally is i mean yeah. yeah but you know it's still you know it, it still has its challenges for sure but i mean i feel i'm a total optimist you know i have this joke i'm so much of an optimist that my blood type is o positive you yeah. know? <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. That's really funny. Um, your collections are very, you know, joyful and optimistic. And even the one I really, but I really like the spring 22 because it's so grunge. And that's the, that's the era I grew up in. So it's like a real, you know, sweet spot for me, but it's like grunge turned up, you know, it had like really happy colors. And even though there was dark lipstick and, you know, docks and checks and the flannels, it all, it was all, yeah, pun punchier and a lot more fun. So I really, I love it. And I'm curious, where are you, where are you selling the collection? How do I buy it? Yeah, well, thank you so much for saying that. Um, that's, that's really cool. I enjoy like when people resonate with it and I can hear their, you know, their honest feedback. But um, the collection is at Dover Street um, for yeah. in New York, Los Angeles and London. Uh, that's like basically the best retailer left, I think. Yeah it's still really fun to shop at Dover and it's so beautifully curated and like. It's amazing. I mean, like when, you know, we're in conversations early on, I felt immediately like that was the place for me. I mean, like some of the designers that I admire, yeah. you know, they, 
you know, have space at Dover. And I just think what they do with their product and how they curate what they carry, like it's, I just felt like right at home. Yeah, that's great. Where are they merchandising your collection? Do you know like who you're hanging with or... Yeah, I know, like, at the moment, the last time that I checked in, I um, I was actually on a trip um, to New York, like, a few, like, maybe a couple months ago. Um, I was with, uh, gosh, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. So okay. many names, so many things. Um, I was with, uh, gosh, what is The desert, you know, that will. It was, I know, I know Kid Spur was one of the designers and it was in the basement, on the basement level, which is cool because I don't know, I'm, I'm always thinking about that Basquiat movie. Yeah. Um, and like, they, they kind of reference the basement and how it's like, you know, artist in basement. So, you know, it's a vibe. It is a vibe. So were you thinking a lot about, did you grow up in the nineties or Gen X, millennial? Um, yeah, millennial. But yeah, I mean, the nineties for me were like, just really cool. And I actually had this thought yesterday, like, I don't know if I appreciated it as much, like when I was like in the moment, but I know like for sure there's certain things that you kind of need distance to be able to unpack. And appreciate. And it's such a beautiful thing. Like I was working yesterday and then I was listening to some of that soundtrack. And it's so funny because I was joking around with a friend how like every time I hear the opening to that Smashing Pumpkin song, it will always remind me of the opening to yeah. you know, that last show. And, yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, but I, I mean, there, it's just such a, a, a richness, you know? Um, and it's funny because like the way that I was thinking about that collection and the music and the inspiration around it, kind of taking some of the highlights, you know, some of the joyous moments for me at least, you know, from that period. But I'm more interested in like, carrying that forward like what you know I'm currently unpacking like where are we right now like what we're like what is the mood what is the tone you know what is the tempo of like right now um and sometimes that can be a challenge but I feel like as an artist like I take on that challenge because I want I want to know like what where is the zeitgeist right now Um, let me know if you figure it out I'm, I'm always so curious about that too and I I feel like the 90s have always resonated for me because I was in high school and college and I love all that music and the fashion and that's like where I identify but I also feel a resonance with it right now because you know like post 1980s excess artifice I feel like you know the 90s was such a reaction to that it was so counterculture and so alternative and independent and kind of like I think there's, you know, definitely, you know, some of that feeling, you know, today. I don't know, then this whole other like existential thing happening. So it's a interesting time for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I do think that there's, you know, something that's that's very similar with then and now. I'm very careful because like when I do like reference things like, you know, the you know, that period, 90s or from my grandmother's couch, I am always trying to do the work of like referencing but then not getting stuck and so like that's why I joyfully like take on these challenges uh about you know just figuring out like what what is it and so like that's kind of this place place that I've been with so I'm really excited about the collection actually it kind of gives voice it kind of answers some of those questions you know that that we're talking about now it's like where where is society and the way in which I just like create and like even engage in the art it's like it's a constant conversation you know and sometimes something will land on my in my internal conversation and I'll just start to fall down that rabbit hole and I feel like it leads me to the answer. So one of the words that 
has been bouncing around in my head is present. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I love yeah, that exactly. word. I feel like, and that, and and that I was thinking about that word like maybe like maybe two or three months ago, and I feel like where I am now, right now, just like in my creative process, I I do feel like, whoa, that's crazy. It was almost like a little stone was like tossed into my psyche. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's a great word. Um, how did you find your way into fashion? I I read about your background in art school, and you were in the Navy as well. Let's see. So. It's so funny because like every time I share that story, I'm not sure if I'm like conveying the plainness of that story. Well, the plainness in the sense that I only went to the Navy because I was so fixated on creativity. And so I was really, I, I mean, I was willing to put my body and my life and my time on the line if it could yield an avenue for me to create. So it, I had no interest in the Navy, in the military. I think the fact that it, I even went through that process highlights this deep compulsion that I have when yeah. it comes to like creating. And, and I will literally stop at nothing to be able to do that. Do anything uh, to be able to yeah. support this vision. That's amazing. And then I received a scholarship grant to go to San Francisco to study art. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I completed that program. And then it was after my completion that I returned to Houston. And then I joined the Navy without any like, you know, prospects or anything. Yeah. Um, and then post Navy, I did a little bit more studying in Dallas. And then, and then after that period, I went and I spent some time in Thailand and, you know, did a bit of traveling. And Cool. So with Kenneth Nicholson, the brand, what are you hoping to do with the line? What's what's the dream for the brand? The dream for the brand is to become an established pillar of the American fashion landscape. I would like Kenneth Nicholson to become an American fashion house long-term, yeah. big picture. Ready to wear accessories, the whole thing. Uh, ready to wear accessories um, and even something along the lines of couture. Okay, amazing. I- division, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm so into the idea of more made-to-order couture, more specialty. I just think that would be so so great for the planet, for so many things. How long have you been in L.A.? Um, I moved to L.A. in 2007. And do you envision yourself staying in L.A. and running running the brand out of L.A. long term? Or do you think you would ever move move east to New York? Or- yeah, um no, I don't think my my place, my uh, position in L.A. is in stone in terms of like, you know, keeping the headquarters here or anything. I I feel like, yeah, I'm 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 very fluid. I'm very like what what is, you know, like the problems that I was presented yesterday don't necessarily exist today. Do you like L.A.? I do like L.A. Um, I think one of the fir- one of the things that I had to kind of combat was, you know, when I started to design, I think there was this notion around what type of clothes are capable of coming out of L.A. But I think that we're kind of leaving that stereotype behind. Yeah, Uh, like nowadays, I I feel like that certainly existed and probably even when you started the line. But I feel like nowadays there's so many talented designers on both coasts and it used to be New York as the center of American fashion. And I don't, I don't think that's true anymore. Um, Yeah. yeah, I just have a few more questions left. The CFDA. So you 
were a recipient of the Fashion Fund grant and a finalist for the Emerging American Designer of the Year, right? In 2021? Uh, yes. What happened as a result of that kind of industry support? What are you still, you know, looking for? Well, well, the CFDA to me is such like a monumental like fashion and creative institution. Like I fell in, I, I fell in love with the organization when I was in high school. I remember reading, you know, up on them and just you know, some of the, you know, people that were involved, uh, yeah. Dionne Furstenberg and just like everybody else. And, yeah. and I knew like, this is where I wanted to be, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, they really celebrate and promote excellence and creativity. And I just thought, man, like, this is like the creme de la creme, like, I want to be in that. Yeah. So yeah. to actually be a member, yeah. um, and to get to share space with you know, the CFDA, I mean, it's huge, it's monumental. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so honored. Like they were actually the first organization that reached out to me, like before I started even doing like really public work, you know? And so um, it's amazing. It's been a dream come true. And now I get to engage in a certain responsibility with helping carry that forward. I mean, it's huge. It's such an honor. It's definitely given me an updated sense of like the value of my work. Yeah. You know, I think that's creatives. We go through this, you know, we go through these different phases of like, okay, this is great, but is it good? And like, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like this whole like self critique. And then you get, I don't know, you kind of get like a following and then you go through the whole like imposter syndrome and, you know, this and that. But for me, I think um, it, it makes me feel just really grounded. Um, and it makes me feel like, you know, like just, just do the work, just continue to do the work. Does it help you feel like, more connected to the community at large? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've had the opportunity to meet incredible people, um, you know, through that um, yeah. organization. So, yeah. I love the, like, the American Emerging Designer Veer is, like, my favorite of, of all of them because it's just really special. And I feel like even to be nominated in that group, you always see some really exciting things happen, you know, with those brands. So congrats on that. That's very cool. Thank you. Um, how do you describe the brand menswear, menswear, you know, genderless? Um, well, we have menswear and we have womenswear, you know, I don't, I don't even know if this is like a clean answer and maybe it's because I don't have one. I, it's a really long thing and I can be as long with it as you would like, but um... no, I would really like to discuss this because I'm still learning here too. And when, when I had my own stores, we had women's wear and men's wear and it was separated. And then when I got out of that game in 2020, you know, the kind of gender fluid, gender, genderless kind of realm of design really exploded. And I think that's so awesome, but yet I don't see it merchandised like that in stores yet. And we still have separate fashion weeks. So I'm just, I I think the whole industry is very confused on how, how to approach it in the right way? Um, you know, so for me, like I've been having a dialogue with the work that I'm creating and it's, it consists of expanding the narrative of menswear. And so for me, that simply means, you know, given, giving men more options of garments that they can wear, more, more options to express. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe some of the confusion comes in because when people are, talking about the subject I feel like I'm talking about one thing and I feel like there's a different conversation being had and so like growing up I always felt like my personal masculinity was challenged and questioned Mm. right and so like 
getting able to do the work that I'm doing now, it really is kind of like a healing process yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, because what I'm saying in the work that I'm creating is like, you can be fully masculine and wear like, you know, one of the garments that I've created, the Dorcas mantle, you know, and that doesn't, and you don't, there, 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 like the, there is no question of, of, of anything else other than, you know, I'm celebrating my masculinity in this way. And so like, for me, it's a very clear picture because I think by not thinking it, thinking about it that way, what ends up happening is you're like preserving this sort of toxic masculinity that's off to the side. And so I think what I'm doing is I'm going directly to the source and I'm interrogating masculinity as it is and saying like within masculinity, there is romance, there is energy, there is love, there is, there's a whole like wide range of emotions before you even get to sexual preference, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that by not gauging it in that way, you know, it's kind of preserving it in a way. So like, you know, I love that. So this is like an expansion of, yeah, traditional views. Exactly. I feel like that's what it is. It's a, it's a call to be expansive, you know, Um, which I think for me at least is like, it's a more potent action, yeah. you know, because what it does, it, you know, it, it challenges the very notion of what is masculinity. No, Do you know what I mean? absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I'm a mom to two little boys. And I think about this kind of stuff all the time. I think, I think, yeah, a lot of traditional expectations placed on boys and men are very limiting, you know, in the same way they are on women. And it's exciting, I think, generationally what's happening, you know, in terms of just certain barriers and lines being blurred a little bit. I think it's really nice. Do you think people like David Bowie and Prince and Harry Styles, like, do you think some of these musicians and style icons have helped challenging notions of traditional menswear? Um, in a way, like, oh, I totally remember being, you know, a small child and watching Prince perform on television. Yeah. What I also remember is being in like a family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this thing happening, right? There was this thing happening about how he was such a great musician and how he was making these, you know, strides in music and how, you know, even even with the the way in which he approached it, like business wise, like he was doing it all. And so like in the same room, you know, me as a little kid with, around my family, I'm hearing like, you know, these accolades and like these things that that he's kind of pushing forward. But then that toxic masculinity like merges in the very same room and it overshadows all of that because now we're talking about why is he wearing like a polka dot crop top with like these bell bottoms and the this and the that and so i think for me i was more i'm always kind of interested in like this subtext right like i'm always interested I mean, the, the focal point of a thing is, is interesting, but I'm always interested about like what's happening around the thing, you know? And like, um, I think that kind of spoke to me as well. It's like, you know, how can, how can it exist in the same space? How can he be so respected and lauded and like, you know, praising his success, but then like completely dragging this person because of like his stylistic choices. Yeah. Sometimes I will go online, like go on YouTube and I'll like look at shows from like, you know, the 50s or the 60s, where there was like a clear like practice of racism in America, just to see how like, 
the audience or like the host interacted with the black body because yeah. I'm interested in like the subtleties of life. I'm interested in like the subtleties of racism in America, 1950s, 1960s or whatever. I want to see what that looks like because yeah. no one's going to say it, but there has to be some sort of like. What's the tell? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, oh I don't know. God. I just feel like and maybe that maybe that does reflect in my work, like in terms of like there's a subtlety when I'm thinking about fashion and fashion history and like what men wore in the past. Yeah. You know, like 18th century, like Europe or France and like you see lace and like all this stuff. But then like when I'm working with it, it's like, OK, well, maybe you can do a suit, you know, for Lewis Hamilton and incorporate some lace. You know, it's like but there's such like an empirical evidence that says this is not necessarily like groundbreaking because yeah. we've been here before we've we've explored with color before we've yeah. explored with silhouette so i think for me sometimes it's a it's a mental practice but it's also like very it can be very like academic in a way or just very, very investigative like you're yeah it's like get at something which is like if someone i'm basically saying you prove to me like i'm not going to be defensive you prove to me why you think it's weird if i create a garment that has a long hemline i can prove my case but like you know tell me why this is wrong no i love that that's cool all right i know you probably have a crazy day i wish you all the best luck with your show in september and are you excited to see anything in new york or do you have any big plans besides the show i always look forward to like um i have this ritual where the first show that i did was like in 2017 and I just found myself like talking to people that I still admire and love today. So I just want to shout out Joseph from CFDA and Aldo. Aldo was the very first person that reached out to me. Um, and so like I always love just like, you know, talking to them before for every show that I have. Yeah. Um, I hope I, I hope it's not embarrassing to them, but yeah, I just appreciate yeah, that. I always great. appreciate the, nice. the sentimental things, yeah. Yeah, no, it's nice and it's good to have friends industry, right? Awesome, well, thank you so much. Really excited to see the next show and talk to you soon. Thank you, have a great day. Thank you, bye.